Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. Almost within 24 hours of the coil being replaced, I noticed a vast improvement in how I felt and in how my body was responding. There was still some bleeding, but it wasn't as severe. Welcome back to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast. I am your host as always, Adele Johnston, and you've got a solo episode with me this week. We are going to go into a key topic of discussion that's come about in both my client space, where I work one-to-one with women, but also within our MSCC, our Menopause Support Coach Certification. And inside each week, we have a grad lab, And the lesson this month was all around asking the doctor. So we had Dr. Kara Sonnenberg come inside our group for over an hour, answering questions, going into key discussion points. And one of the key topics that came up was bleeding during the use of HRT. So I want to just clear up some things that we discussed in that session together because a lot of these questions are being asked right now. So here we go. So bleeding in the use of HRT isn't actually that uncommon. I think for a lot of women, they can think that as soon as they start HRT, their periods will just completely stop or they'll be able to modify them. Now, when we start out with the use of HRT, whichever preparation we are choosing to trial, it's always in that trial of the preparation to get started with. It's very, very unlikely that you are going to find your preparation the first time around. Now, there's over 50 odd different preparations out there right now. So be gentle with yourself. If you've maybe started your HRT preparation You may be finding that it's not effective for you just now. Please know it is not a one size fits all. You are beautifully unique and we get to try some different preparations for you and for your body. So when we start out using HRT, that preparation may cause, okay, it will not always, but may cause some form of bleeding for ladies, which can last between three to six months on and off. If it's lasting any longer than the six months, or it's excessively heavy, excessively painful, or you're maybe finding that you're having in-between bleeds, or even during or after sex, then this is something that we need to make sure you get checked out by your medical provider or GP. Okay, you shouldn't be having any unscheduled bleeding and you may find that you bleed before or after taking your progesterone element of your HRT preparation. If you still have a womb, a uterus, then we need a progesterone element to your HRT as well. So it can be very normal that you may bleed before or after taking your progesterone. Okay, so this is nothing to worry about. But if you're stable on your HRT, your hormone replacement therapy preparation, and you bleed unusually, then please take this as an invitation to just make that appointment with your GP and at least start the conversation to get yourself checked and reassured. Now, just for that little bit of reassurance here immediately, it's so important, right? The majority of cases, it's all about just modifying your progesterone intake and that can help to control the bleeding. So rather than panic thinking that it's maybe something serious or sinister, 
Instead, have the discussion with your GP about whether your progesterone element of your HRT is efficient and effective for you right now. Modifying it can really help to control the bleeding if that bleed is unscheduled in the first few months of starting out your preparation. Now, according to the NICE guidelines, we always like to look at what those state. It's our kind of, well, I wouldn't say Bible, but let's just say guidelines within the menopause space. We do appreciate, and this is certainly from my opinion, we do appreciate that those guidelines do need a lot of an overhaul right now. So if we have any unscheduled vaginal bleeding, which can be common in the first few months, so let's just put some timelines around that, maybe the first three to six months, no longer than that, of your HRT treatment. If you're using a monthly cyclical regime, so this is where you are cycling your HRT regime, it's not continuous, then you will experience a regular withdrawal bleed towards the end of your progesterone phase of your preparation. Okay, equals normal. Being on continuous combined hormone replacement therapy, where you don't have a break, may see some bleeding or spotting occurring in the first three to six months. But like we've advised on our start of our episode here, if this persists past those six month marker points, then we ideally want to just have that checked out. So making an appointment with your menopause specialist or your GP as appropriate. Now, being aware that if you've not been taking your preparation as instructed, this happens quite often, you'd be surprised, then there's a bit of this non-adherence happening. So we need to just be fully alert and fully aware that we have this responsibility that where our HRT is prescribed, that we follow that prescription and that preparation instruction. If you find that you're forgetting to take it, then a few considerations for you that work very well for the ladies that I support. Number one, let's make sure that you put a reminder into your diary. Yes, it might take around 10 minutes for you to set that up initially, but trust me when I say this, after your setup has been done, you are never going to miss that reminder coming up and flagging the alarm on your phone. A second thing to consider within this is putting your HRT preparation beside your toothbrush. Okay, we brush our teeth morning and night. If your preparation is an AM morning or a PM nighttime application, um, then this is a brilliant time to put it beside your toothbrush and never forget it again. Having it in sight will always support you. So these are just a couple of considerations. A third consideration for those that do take regular medication may just be then to keep this with your medication. So your HRT beside that medication stack that you're able to then see, you know, it all gets taken in that one go. If that's suitable for you, it won't be for everyone. So non-adherence, if that's happening, can actually cause a little bit of spotting in between bleeding. And it's just something to be aware of. We can also have, and this is another consideration, some drug interferences, or even for some women, some gastrointestinal impacts for absorption rates. These can play roles. So being aware of that, which I'll mention in just a moment's time as we go into this episode further, but we just want to be aware that there are some nuances to all of this. And sometimes it's because of something that we are or are not doing effectively and appropriately for us. There's Also this point, just as we go through this, we can, okay, I fully get this because I will share a story with you in a moment, but we can get to this point where 
We can consider that as soon as we see bleeding that's unscheduled or unexplained, that we have this panic around, could it be something more sinister? I want to just give you this reassurance that there is rarely a cancerous cause for bleeding on HRT. Now, I know many of you will worry, so getting checked out is the best call to action from this episode if you do have any worries. Okay, we are very blessed and giving gratitude for the fact that we can go and raise these concerns and get the appropriate checks and screenings. But I do want to bring us back into the logical mind for this one. So here's a few questions for you to consider. If you are listening to this episode right now and the reason you've clicked to listen to it is because you are using an HRT preparation and you are experiencing some bleeding, then I want to ask you the questions. Okay, what did your last cervical smear show? Was it normal? Did it show any abnormalities? Were you to get any further checks? Please, please take responsibility for your own health. Do not wait for these appointments for follow-ups or checks to land on your doorstep or your doormat. It is up to us, okay, as our bodies to take that responsibility. Second question, what's the frequency of your bleeds? Are you finding that they're happening quite regularly in cycle? Are you finding that it's maybe when you aren't taking your preparation as instructed? Is it maybe when you're taking some supplements alongside of it that you're noticing this happening? So being more alert to what is the frequency of your bleeds? Are they more common during or after sex where the vaginal wall and the area around there is maybe more impacted? Um, Again, there's some really common reasons for this. It could be lower levels of estrogen or progesterone needing altering. It could be fibroids, for example. We might have polyps. So there are many reasonable examples of why this might be happening other than us directly navigating towards more sinister things. And as well, thinking about your family and genetic history. Is there anything there that you can immediately be saying, well, actually, yeah, like we've got a heightened um, issue here or a heightened risk factor that I want to just be aware of and discussing that with your GP. So I cover this because I do have my own experience of being investigated for unexplained bleeding. This was prior to me starting HRT, so a small caveat to that. But I was bleeding during and after sex. That was my trigger point. And it was quite heavy at times, which wasn't very pleasant. But here's why I'm sharing this. I went through a full investigation journey and that was partially through our NHS and partially through private. Now, what happened there was I'd had an ongoing period. And when I say period, I mean time duration rather than menstrual bleed. But I'd had an ongoing period, um, time duration, of having during and after sexual intercourse with my husband bleeding phases. Now, what I then recognised was it was only when we had sex that this would happen. So I went to get some checks done. The GP um, had not long done my smear test. That had come back healthy. So again, we knew that the recent result was healthy. We celebrate that, right? We give gratitude and blessing for that. I then had a repeated smear test done. And again, very gratefully, it came back healthy. Um... And for me, that was a big thing because I had had 
prior to that, a few years prior to that, I had actually had an abnormal smear result. So I'd had precancerous cells of the cervix area and had to go for a small procedure, which was not very pleasant. But again, we give gratitude that we can get this done and we can have our full bill of health restored. So there was this underlying complexity for me where this needed to be a consideration from past smear test results being abnormal. But both smear tests, thankfully, very, very healthy, cleared, thankful. Had some blood tests done. Again, we didn't really, at that point, I didn't understand what we needed to check, but we didn't really cover all the marker points, which is where my private part to my journey came in, where I then requested some specifics around blood works. I had an ultrasound on the outside of my tummy. Again, that was privately that I had that done to check the endometrial thickness and the outline of the endometrium. For me, that was important. I wanted to see, did we have any abnormalities happening in there? Was my coil in the right place? Um, You know, certain things go through our mind, even though the smear test came back clear and healthy. Had they missed something? So for peace of mind for me, I went for an ultrasound, an external ultrasound check. And we actually then did an internal at the same time, all of which came back very healthy. So again, we give gratitude. We are thankful for all of that. I also had biopsies. So I had five biopsies taken in one sitting. Not the most pleasant of things to have done. But again, we want to just double check that everything is as it should be. And that was due to the fact that I'd had those precancerous cells. So this was a big kind of journey for me that lasted a number of months. Um, All came back healthy and well, but it still didn't explain the reason why the bleeding was happening. So what was a big factor in my own confirmation of this being hormonal related was in order to have all of these examinations and biopsies taken, They removed my marina coil for obvious reasons. But I spent a couple of weeks without the marina in until I could then heal from the procedure, but also organise for the replacement of the marina coil to then be fitted. And I noticed a huge improvement in many of my symptoms due to the increased progesterone replacement, or as we know it with the um, synthetic form of progesterone that the marina coil gives us as a progestogen. So I had that replacement and almost within 24 hours of the coil being replaced, I noticed a vast improvement in how I felt and in how my body was responding. There was still some bleeding, but it wasn't as severe. So interestingly to me, with the knowledge that I then had within the menopause space at that time, I recognised that this was hormonal imbalance related because we had just then replaced the marina, which gave me a full progestogen replacement, if we look at it from that state, um, because it was replaced and it, w- it was a full, a full bar, if you like. So we all know our bodies the best. That's so important. And this for me personally was a big indicator that this was in fact perimenopause related. And it was the start of my journey to discovering early perimenopause confirmation. So ladies, if you are bleeding unexpectedly and this is persistent, please arrange a GP check and be aware that this is very, very unlikely cancerous related. 
but more likely that you need to consider maybe HRT modifications, maybe the IUS, so the Marina coil. Maybe that will work better for you and help to stop any bleeds that you were having because of that release of the progesterone element of the progestogen. Maybe a synchronised HRT approach with your cycle. So if you have a cycle, maybe introducing that progesterone element into your luteal phase. Maybe you need a higher dose of progesterone. Or maybe if you're spotting and it's happening quite frequently, maybe you need a higher oestrogen element. So again, it's knowing that the balance between where things are for your progesterone to oestrogen elements may need some tweaking and altering. And this is very normal and quite common. So considering other things, absorption rates, even though you have an ideal amount on paper, yeah, your oestrogen to progesterone ratio and preparation may be ideal on paper. Your body may not be absorbing it well. I have many clients like this that it happens to And we must recognise that we get to modify this on a person by person basis. Okay, so that's important. Just noting how you're feeling, not based around the numbers. Bleeding, this can occur even if there's a lot of oestrogen or even if there's not enough progesterone. So other factors may include absorption that we've discussed And it can actually have an impact if you are listening to this and you have some bowel disorders such as Crohn's or poorly sticking patches. These are considerations, okay? If we've got Crohn's and we have this bowel disorder, then it could be disrupting our absorption rates. If we've got poorly sticking patches, maybe the brand you are using isn't for you, it's not for everyone, then again, you're not getting the full absorption across the sticking area, So thinking about this, and one again that we mentioned above around, do you take your preparation properly? Are you adhering to what it is instruction wise on your preparation? Are you possibly taking a supplement that is counteracting or maybe lowering your absorption? We hear that St. John's wort can be one of those that can interact with your body's ability to absorb. So again, doing your homework around what is it that you are currently taking? What is it that you are currently supplementing with? And are they maybe having counteracting results? If you're unsure, speak with your GP or pharmacist for support with that. Now, I fully appreciate that bleeding on HRT can come as a surprise for many women. It can have a big impact on the quality of life, especially where you're bleeding non-stop, not enjoyable, doesn't make for a joyous time in life. But I want you to always seek the support from your GP in the first instance or your menopause support provider and know that there are many reasons that this can be happening. Okay, only a small, tiny percentage of these will have any serious pathology like cancer behind it. So it's about getting clear, clear on what's happening, how you're feeling, what's going on, what's changing and getting it checked, okay? Not just accepting it, not just going on and on and thinking it's normal. We get to make these modifications and changes as our body requires. So get really clear around this, reach out for help from your GP. But if I can leave you with one piece of advice on all of this before this episode ends, is that you must get familiar with your own body. 
Okay, it's not up to your GP to be familiar with that. This is your body, your responsibility, and also where you have some medications or some supplements that you are using right now for other reasons. Again, making sure that you're not just mindlessly adding additional things in there, but that you have purpose behind them. And if you're unsure, reach out and speak with your GP or pharmacist to address whether something you are taking could be counteracting your absorption abilities and rates for your body. So ladies, please, for the love of life and the love of happiness, let's avoid any undue worries, stress or fears around bleeding when you're using your HRT. As a summary and reminder, it is not uncommon that this can happen in the first three to six months of starting a preparation. But if it's lasting past the six months use, speaking with your GP to look at what are maybe the causing factors and knowing that the majority of cases, just some slight modifications to your progesterone or estrogen can absolutely help to control. If you have any questions whatsoever on this, please do reach out to me. If I cannot support you, I will direct you in the direction of someone who can. And it goes without saying, I just want to thank you for all of your support in this year so far. It has been a phenomenal year of episodes. I love every single one that I get the opportunity. So grateful for recording them for you. And I am always open to hearing your feedback on these episodes. So please do go ahead and leave a review. I read every single one of them. So does my team and I will come back to you. So please leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the episodes. And if you're not already subscribed, then go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button so you can keep up to date ahead of time, actually, because our subscribers get these episodes super fast. So become one of our VIPs and let me celebrate you. Thank you so much for showing up for yourself and for listening to this episode. And I will see you next week in next week's amazing episode. It has been a phenomenal year so far and I wish you so much love, luck and vibrancy. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing, to help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.